Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Joe Biden threatens to nuke gun-owning Americans. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, defends teaching critical race theory in the military. And Democrats reap the whirlwind as crime skyrockets. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your data from big tech with VPN I trust. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, you may have noticed that you are spending way too much money on your cell phone bill. And you are. You're spending probably hundreds of dollars a year too much on your cell phone bill. This is why another thousand of you, my extremely wise listeners, have made the switch from your overpriced wireless carrier to Pure Talk USA over the past couple of months. So what exactly are the rest of you waiting for? If you're with AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get the same great coverage because they use the exact same towers as one of the big carriers. You can even keep your phone and your number, but you're going to save a fortune. By the way, Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best customer service team based right here in America. If that sounds good, it gets even better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on the data, they're not going to charge you for it. Grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Go check them out right now. All you have to do, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro to get started. That's pound 250 and say my name, Ben Shapiro to get started with Pure Talk USA. All righty. So last night we learned kind of what Joe Biden and the Democrats and his entire administration think the military is for. And apparently it is for two things. One is nuking Americans and the second is critical race theory. I'm not sure what else I'm supposed to take away from the news cycle yesterday, given the fact that the sitting president of the United States, and when I say sitting, I mean that very literally. I mean, he is a house plan. He is just sitting there. He is not mentally able. He is not with us. He has not been with us for quite some time. He was trying to make the case that the big spike in crime that we have seen over the course of the last year has nothing to do with lack of police and everything to do with guns. So as we'll discuss in a little bit, he's been making the pitch that we need to get rid of guns in American society to lower crime, which is kind of an amazing contention given the fact that we now have more guns in circulation than we've had any time in American history. And everything was going pretty swimmingly up until the time the Democrats decided that it would be great to foment riots in America's major cities and undercut the police. But in any case, Joe Biden then made a a sort of peculiar argument. So he was talking about people who believe in the Second Amendment as a form of defense against the infringement of your rights by the government, which, of course, was the original purpose of the Second Amendment. I mean, the Second Amendment's text says pretty much as much. The, The Second Amendment's text suggests that in order to defend your rights, you are going to be able to keep and bear arms, right? A well-regulated militia, not meaning regulated by the state, a well-regulated, meaning a practiced militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, right? It's right in the amendment. There's the prefatory clause, which is all about the rationale for having arms, and it is all about preserving the freedom of the state, preserving your freedom against the government, right? And so a lot of people, like me, have made the argument that one of the reasons why you need an armed population is to provide a deterrent against the government invading your rights. It's one of the good things about having an armed population is that the government can't get too much over its skis without running pretty headlong into a population that is unhappy with that government. And that makes the government think twice about whether they, in fact, want to go to war with their own citizens. According to Joe Biden, however, all of this is uh, is nugatory. It doesn't make any difference because in the end, we could just nuke you. Now, I'm old enough to remember when Eric Swalwell said the same thing. You know, Eric Swalwell, who uh, was at one point sleeping with a Chinese spy, apparently. But that's beside the point. Joe Biden seems to think this is an intelligent point because he's made it several times in the past and it continues to be astonishingly idiotic on a wide variety of levels. But the basic notion that you should respond to any question in American politics with, well, you know, the government could just nuke you. I think I want a gun now. Like really, if the case that you're making is that you should not own guns because your government could just kill you I'm pretty sure now I want guns more than I did before you just said that, Joe Biden. <laughs> that, that is that is a, a galaxy brain take here from a man whose synapses stopped firing long ago. Here is a, the president of the United States 
who's looking more and more these days like one of those chia pets, like the, the hair plugs are all that's left atop. It's just, it's, it's not a good look. Here is the, uh, the president of the United States. Those who say the blood of the, the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there are never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. You know, because ever otherwise we'll, we'll like just drive our F-15s and we'll drive them over your borders and then we'll just drop some, boom. I like explosions. Like, well done, Mr. President. By the way, I, I do love, uh, it is fairly amazing how inconsistent the arguments are from people like Joe Biden on this sort of stuff. You'll recall that simultaneously, the president of the United States is arguing that it would make no difference if the population is armed, because obviously we can just send F-15s to nuke your hometown and, you know, kill all the civilians in your area and do all like. <laughs> all right, man, Captain Human Rights over here. But not only that, this is the same person who continues to argue and the entire Democratic Party and media continue to argue that on January 6th, we were this close to the overthrow of the American democracy. The American experiment was this close to being like it was really a, a close call thing when a bunch of idiot droogs decided to run into the Capitol building. Now, not one of those idiot droogs actually in the Capitol building was arrested with a gun, so far as I'm aware at this point. Okay, there's been one, per there have been, I think, three people charged with firearms related to the Capitol riots. One was on the Capitol grounds, right, outside the building. One had been, like, planning with guns but didn't actually show up. And one was outside in a truck with, like, a Molotov cocktail. But apparently, a bunch of citizens were not armed with guns came this close to completely overrunning the most powerful military state in the history of mankind. And so, so recognize the, the relative inconsistency here. According to Joe Biden, an entirely armed population with AR-15s couldn't take on the federal government. But a bunch of morons wearing MAGA hats could take over the entire federal government by walking through the front doors carrying clubs. I'm not sure I see the consistency here. Okay, but on a deeper level, the way that Joe Biden sees the government is sort of betrayed by what he says here. You need to, and, and it's, it's true, you need to listen to the government because the government could just kill you. You don't need X, Y, or Z tool because after all, you can't resist the government if the government decides to invade your rights. So really, you are just dependent on the government being nice to you. And what the military is for is to deter American citizens. The American military is there to effectively enforce the leftist prerogatives, right? There's... This is what, imagine if Donald Trump had threatened to nuke American citizens. It was bad enough when he threatened to, quote unquote, nuke a hurricane, right? This is a big national story. You have the current president of the United States saying this, and he said this over the years many times, that, you know, you don't need guns because absolutely we could just nuke you. And everybody just doesn't bat an eye. Because in the view of the left, the notion of the American government nuking its own citizenry <laughs> is like, it's just a natural corollary of the fact that the federal government is supposed to run your life. So apparently the military is for two things. One is nuking American citizens who refuse to go along with the program and are armed. And the second thing, of course, the military is there in order to effect social change. Right? On the list of, of things that the military is there to do, teach gay rights, push racial radicalism, not defend the nation, really. We, we need to get rid of a lot of the funding. And let's face it, America's history of military conquest, imperialism, and colonialism is just horrifying, according to the left. But the military exists there to deter American citizens from doing bad stuff, which, again, is sort of illegal under the Posse Comitatus Act. And also... It is there to, to effect social change from one of our great national institutions. We'll get to that aspect of the military in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact that you should always be prepared in the case of an emergency. If 2020 taught us anything, is that it is pretty good to be prepared in your home in case, God forbid, something goes wildly wrong. Now is a better time than any to be prepared with long-term nutritional food options. ReadyWise has a lot of options, like emergency meals, free dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition, new adventure meals for hiking and camping and other outdoor activities, Food prices continue to increase. Take control of tomorrow. Make sure your family is ready with plenty of reliable nutritional meals for when it matters most. ReadyWise, the leader in emergency food supplies, makes being prepared simple and affordable. Their delicious meals have up to a 25-year shelf life and are simple to make. Just add water. Order online. Have emergency food shipped directly to your doorstep. ReadyWise is offering exclusive pricing for my listeners. Visit readywise.com slash Shapiro. Save up to 50% off emergency food and supplies. That is R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E dot com slash Shapiro for exclusive pricing. Go check them out right now. Again, that's readywise.com slash Shapiro. Save up to 50% off emergency food 
and supplies and be prepared for any emergency that is to come. Alrighty, so military is there for two purposes. One, of course, is to possibly nuke the American citizens who have the temerity to be armed. I also love the assumption here by Joe Biden that if it came down to the American military going to war with its own citizens, members of the military would just take the order and start murdering American citizens willy-nilly. I have some doubts about that one. But the other thing that the military is there to do is affect social change. Now here, I have to make a large-scale distinction between the on-the-ground soldiers, between the people who serve in the military at a lower level, and the political generals. This has always been true. It is true in nearly every arena of public life. It's true for cops and police chiefs, for example. There are many police officers all around the nation who wildly disagree with the politicization of their police departments and the use of their police departments to cram down policy that is bad. Right? You see this in major Americans. I talk to cops all the time who disagree with the people who very often reach the top echelons of police work, because in order to become police chief in a major city, you have to kiss a lot of ass and you have to do a lot of political manipulation. Well, same thing is true if you are to become a four-star general. If you talk to people who are sort of serving in the mid-ranks, if you're talking to colonels, you're talking to captains, you're talking to sergeants, if you're you're talking to any other officer rank, even low-level generals who have not reached sort of the highest levels, they will tell you that there is a group of political generals. And in order to get there, I mean, this is true in literally any company and it's true in the military as well. In order to get there, you have to politically maneuver and kiss a lot of butt. And you have to make sure that you're mirroring the priorities of the political branches of the United States government. Or at least you think you do if you want to get ahead. Which is why we saw yesterday the bizarre spectacle of the U.S.'s top military leader, Army General Mark Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, basically getting angry at lawmakers for asking about the sort of ideology being taught to soldiers in the United States Army. Because the reality is that if you look at the recommended reading list for the U.S. military right now, it is filled with woke crap. It really is. Hey, so here is General Milley suggesting that you can't, don't call the military woke. We're not, we're not woke. We're just teaching wokeness, but we're not, we're not woke. And if you ask questions, it's unpatriotic. Now, the left has, has jumped on this because the left, which has spent pretty much of its entire existence declaring the United States military an armed wing of U.S. imperialism and colonialism, which has declared the U.S. military one of the worst institutions on the planet. Now, the left is saying it's unpatriotic if you point out that the U.S. military is being used as an engineer of social change in a really deleterious way to both military morale and to the country's future. Here is a General Mark Milley in defense, however. I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers, of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago, and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, anti-bellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to uh, a power differential with African-Americans that were three-quarters of a human being when this country was formed. And then we had a civil war and Emancipation Proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it, I do want to know. Okay, so th- th- this is the part where it's pretty wild, right? So you see how what Millie is doing, he's hiding behind these other soldiers. Hey, how dare you call that Sergeant Woke? I'm not calling that Sergeant Woke. I'm saying that you are teaching wokeness in the United States military when you assign Ibram X. Kendi as recommended reading and Michelle Alexander as recommended reading. You know what's on the military's recommended reading list? I took a look at this yesterday. Now, it's not, so, so Millie, frankly, was not telling the truth here. Okay, so he's not telling the truth for a couple of things. One, all Americans for a long time have known about things like slavery and the three-fifths clause and the Civil War. They've known about Jim Crow. We've known about the Civil Rights Act. This has been taught in every history class in the United States since I was a child. And I was a child now kind of a long time ago, at least 20 years ago. It was taught to my, my parents when they were post-college. Right? I mean, like, the, like the, the notion that Americans just don't know about things like slavery or that you need critical race theory in order to teach this, it's a lie. He's conflating what normal American history is and how it should be taught with critical race theory, which suggests that every institution of the United States is rife with racism and rooted in racism and inextricably intertwined with racism. This is a game that the critical race theory proponents like to play. It's this Mott and Bailey game where if you actually call out what critical race theory is, they just go, oh, no, 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 we're just trying to teach regular American history. And, you know, it's just a legal analytical tool. Okay, first of all, if critical race theory is an analytical tool, it's the crappiest analytical tool of all time. The worst kinds of analytical tools are single lens analytical tools. What I mean by that is there is no good analysis that is a single factor analysis. There is no one skeleton key that unlocks any issue. It's true with regard to your life. It is true 
with regard to politics. If you look at anything just through one lens, you are likely to get it completely wrong. What critical race theory does is it says that all other sort of intervening effects that have led to inequality of outcome are irrelevant. Racism is the only thing that could lead to any sort of inequality of outcome. That doesn't make it an analytical tool. It's the opposite of a tool. It is a weapon. It's a weapon to be used against the systems itself. And the people who created the system admit as much. I read to you from Richard Delgado and Gene Stefanczyk, two of the founders of critical race theory, who openly say this stuff. Okay, so Mark Milley is not telling you the truth. He is lying here. Okay, and then he continues, says, you know, how dare you call the military woke? How dare you can't call the military woke. I just want to understand white rage. Um, I'm pretty sure now you're just speaking wokeness here. The United States Military Academy is a university, uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. Okay, this is propagandistic. I mean, like, really, that's insane. This is the leading military man in the United States government explaining he wants to check into the roots of white. But don't worry, he's not woke, guys. And if you call him woke, and if you suggest that he's promoting this woke garbage, then there's something wrong with you. You're being unpatriotic. So wokeness is now patriotism, which is incredible because wokeness is overtly anti-patriotic. Wokeness is about undermining the fundamental basis of the United States, saying that the Declaration is a lie, saying the Constitution is a lie, saying the institutions of the United States are mere facades for hierarchies of power instituted in order to subjugate black Americans. And this guy's sitting there being like, and if you challenge me on this, you're unpatriotic. Unreal. Unreal. I want to understand what, but don't worry, we're not indoctrinating the soldiers in, in, in people in our military, the people who ought to be the most patriotic, considering they are literally putting their lives on the line for the institutions wokeness is trying to eviscerate. If you say that he's doing something wrong, that means that you are unpatriotic. By the way, other books besides Ibram X. Kendi include Sexual Minorities in Politics by Jason Pierceson, which casts any opposition to, L to the LGBT agenda items as grounded in animus. I mean, it's, it's very open in the introduction of this book and promotes Michel Foucault's attempted obliteration of the private-public distinction saying that your sex life is basically public policy. Also, Michelle Alexander's New Jim Crow, which suggests that racial differentials in arrest statistics are solely due to the fact that policing in the United States is racist. That is recommended in the military reading list. But don't worry, they're not in dog. And if you if you challenge, how dare you challenge Sergeant Bill over here? I'm not challenging, Sar challenging Sergeant Bill. I'm saying you are a political general who is doing the bidding of the Biden administration. Period. End of story. That is not a challenge to his courage in combat. I don't know his his actual combat record or anything. I assume that it is better than mine. I'm not in the military. This is not challenging what he has done for the country over the court. It's challenging what he's doing right now as a political general. And that is what he is. Once you're at the top, you're inherently political. In a second, we'll get to more of this, what the military is for. First, let us talk about how you educate your kids. As you can see, there are forces out there that wish to educate your kids in a wide variety of anti-traditional values ranging from wokeness to transgenderism. Now, all of these sorts of indoctrination centers exist in American public life and particularly are directed at children. PragerU is now launching a massive new K-12 education program. Thousands of educators and parents have already signed up. Check it out at PragerU.com slash kids. PragerU has tons of free kids shows, books, magazines with the pro-American values that aren't being taught in schools or most kids shows. The PragerU website has everything you need to get your young family through what is happening in our country right now. Do you want your kids to learn about our nation's founding principles and be proud of them? How about passing on values you care about, like truth, freedom, responsibility, hard work, equality under God? If you want your kids consuming content that actually supports your values, go to PragerU right now. Show your children their animated shows, books, and magazines. Most importantly, support PragerU in their efforts to take back America's education. Subscribe now. Don't miss PragerU's incredible free kids content. That is PragerU.com slash kids today. Again, go check them out. They're basically our sister company. We love the folks at PragerU. They're doing wonderful work. Check them out right now, PragerU.com forward slash kids today. Okay, so Mark Milley continues along these lines. So first, he says, I'm insulted that you're calling the military woke. No, just, just you and the infrastructure that's pushing this stuff. And then he immediately starts citing woke talking points about white rage. By the way, notice how he just slides in there. I want to understand what happened on January 6th. Okay, the white rage talking point, and this is just a bunch of white racists who invaded the Capitol on January 6th. There may have been, and there were, some white racists who invaded the Capitol. Also, I assume there were just a bunch of people who were pissed off about the election and weren't actually members of neo-Nazi groups. But again, there is no evidence necessary in order to declare anything in American life racist. I mean, we're, we're doing this whole, quote-unquote, racial reckoning on the false basis that Derek Chauvin 
murdered George Floyd because he was a racist when not a single iota of evidence was brought to that effect. Okay, and then Mark Milley does the Martin Bailey routine. What's wrong with trying to teach members of our military the, about our country? It's just regular history. No, it is not regular history. It is history that is twisted and perverted and in many cases ignored in order to provoke the notion that America is a very, very bad place. Why would you possibly teach that to members of the military? You may have noticed that, that when it comes to real politique, world power, it's a zero-sum game. Do you think members of the Chinese military today are learning about the historic evils of, of even the Maoist regime? I have serious doubts. Do you think that the members of the Russian military are sitting around learning about the evils of the Russian system? I don't think so. But this is what the military is for. It's for social engineering. Here's Mark Milley pushing it. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? Okay, but here is the thing. Okay, this is such a, look at the look at the, the sort of sophistry here. Yes, he's read Mao to oppose it. He's read Lenin to oppose it. He didn't read it as like, well, maybe we should actually take seriously the protestations of Lenin, and then maybe we should, you know, see our country in the way Lenin saw our country. There's a reason that Mao and Lenin are not on the recommended reading list of the United States military because there are certain ideologies that run directly counter to the basic notions that Americans are fighting for when they join the American military. Among those notions are identity politics and yes, critical race theory and yes, communism, which is why none of those should be on the recommended reading list for members of the American military. This is insanity. Okay, the American military is not a place where you are supposed to be exploring your beliefs on Franz Fanon. Okay, that is not what the U.S. military is for. It is a fighting force. But not anymore. It's just for social engineering. Here's Millie again saying, oh, it's just about openness. It's just about openness and, and learning to be critical. And uh, really? Uh, weird. It's strange to me. I will admit, it is very strange to me, the notion that the American military is supposed to be achieving the same function as Cal State Northridge. That's strange to me. I'll just put that out there. Here's Mark Milley defending the notion. On the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. Okay, that's fine. Be open-minded. Be widely read. You don't recommend to read as, like, the text. Again, he's not assigning Heather McDonald's The War on Cops alongside Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. Okay, that is not, that is not what he is doing right there. Nothing like it. This is not about open-mindedness. This is about indoctrination, of course, of course. Okay, but the good news is that we're really doing the important things. Right? Like um, Nellis Air Force Base the other day really did something important. They had their first ever drag queen show at its on-base dining and entertainment clubs, according to a base spokesperson. And according to Nellis Air Force Base, they said in an email to Breitbart News, Nellis Air Force Base and the 99th Air Base Wing hosted its first ever drag show Thursday, June 17th at the Nellis Club. The event was sponsored by a private organization provided an opportunity for attendees to learn more about the history and significance of drag performance art within the LGD, LGBT plus community. Ensuring our ranks reflect and are inclusive of the American people is essential to the morale, cohesion, and readiness of the military. Yes, drag shows are now essential to the morale, cohesion, and readiness of the military. Nellis Air Force Base is committed to providing and championing an environment that is characterized by equal opportunity, diversity, and inclusion. Wow. I mean, our military is just, how, how will the Chinese ever compete with us? How will the Russians ever compete with us? We're doing the important work here. We're doing the work. Drag queen shows, Michelle Alexander, Dimmer Max Kendi, and maybe if you have a gun, we'll nuke you. Uh, beautiful. This isn't dystopian in any way, shape, or form. Okay, in a second, we're going to get into more dystopian nonsense from the Democrats. First, let us talk for a second about the basic reality of sleep. You need a great set of sheets on your bed. Now, you probably haven't thought about the sheets on your bed. Probably... You, you know, went down to the local mart and you just bought whatever sheets are there. And you're like, oh, it's got a high thread count. This is probably comfortable. And now you are sleeping on a tarp. Instead, you should have the best sheets because sheet quality makes a huge difference when it comes to sleep. And this is why I love my bowl and branch sheets. Experience uncompromising comfort with the best-selling 100% organic cotton signature hemmed sheets. 
The Cloudweight Super Soft Sateen Weave gets softer with every single wash. It is crafted to the highest standards, attention to detail from sourcing to packaging. It's the perfect balance of weight and breathability to pamper warm or cool sleepers through any season. Give your bed the White House treatment with sheets that three presidents have fallen in love with. I love Bull and Branch as well. It really is fantastic. And they have a 30-night worry-free guarantee if you're unsatisfied with the product. Go check them out right now. To experience an entirely new standard of comfort, visit bullandbranch.com. I love my Bull and Branch sheets. My wife loves the Bull and Branch sheets. We got them for the kids as well. Get 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code Shapiro. That is B-O-L-L and branch.com. Promo code Shapiro. Bullandbranch.com. Promo code Shapiro. Alrighty. So, meanwhile, the, the Democrats are in a bit of trouble. So, here's the thing. They're pushing forward with this radical agenda in the military, in every area of American life, actually. And... This stuff is not popular. For some reason, Democrats seem to think that Twitter is real. Now, there's a study that came out from Pew Research that I think is quite important on this topic. The study came out October of 2020. And what it showed is that basically Twitter is dominated by Democrats. What they found is that most U.S. adults on Twitter post only rarely. But a small share of highly active users, most of whom are Democrats, produce the vast majority of tweets. The Pew Research Center found that just 10% of users produced 92% of all tweets from U.S. adults since last November. So it's an echo chamber, right? Between the 10% of users producing 92% of the tweets. 69% of these highly prolific users identify as Democrats or Democratic-leaning independents. What this means is that, number one, the platform has a larger share of Democrats than Republicans. Number two, because it's an echo chamber in which the most powerful people are Democrats and the most frequent tweeters are Democrats, it's easier to ratio a Republican than a Democrat, and it's easier to get tons of retweets if you're a Democrat than a Republican. And this leads people into a belief that the Democratic wild progressive agenda is significantly more popular than it is. It simply is not. A good proof of this, David French pointed this out, and it's a great point. Andrew Yang had nearly 2 million Twitter followers during the New York mayoral race. Eric Adams had 14,000. Eric Adams just skunked Andrew Yang because the real world is not Twitter. And the same thing was true in Bernie Sanders versus Joe Bidenville. Twitter is not the real world yet because that is the source of news and people are inevitably biased by the news that they consume. People on the left viewing Twitter as the real world, as opposed to an echo chamber, tend to think that their policies are much more popular than they are. Then they enact those policies and it turns out the policies suck. There, nowhere is this truer than when it comes to policing and crime. So the Democrats are about to get their asses handed them in 2022 on the issue of crime. The crime rates in the United States have skyrocketed. They'd already started skyrocketing before the riots in 2020, they actually started skyrocketing in 2014, 2015 with the Ferguson riots. And then it calmed down a little bit. And then in 2020, they just exploded. You're seeing the murder rates in virtually every major metropolitan area dominated by Democrats. Just unbelievable numbers, unbelievable numbers. And members of the police forces are pointing this out. So for example, the LAPD police chief, he said, you know, we were beating back crime. We were doing a pretty good job of it. And now that's all gone. We've led the country and crime reduction over this past decade. We've shown that cops count, that police matter, that community engagement is the leading aspect of crime prevention, and that crime reduction also is tiered, is tied to effective policing, identifying those that are involved in the violence, bringing them before the justice system, and holding them accountable. All of that in this last year has been terribly and devastating, devastatingly impacted. Okay, so the reality, of course, is that crime in Los Angeles is up wildly year over year. The, the murder rate is up like 25%. And that is not a great shock. We've seen the same thing in every major American city. So the Democrats have been faced with a, a simple reality. And that is that their preferred policies with regard to the cops, blaming the cops for all racial disparities in crime statistics, suggesting that getting rid of the cops is the solution to all of this, blaming systemic racism. None of this is actually solving the problem of actual crime in which people get hurt or killed. So they've come up with a few different strategies. One is to deny there is a problem. So, for example, you have D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, whose big, whose, whose most important contribution to fighting crime was painting a giant Black Lives Matter mural on the streets of Washington, D.C., and then watching as many of her citizens just got shot in the streets. She went on in front of the Senate, and she claimed that there was only one night of rioting in D.C. last summer, which is weird because there are literally millions of people who remember D.C. being curfewed for like a week. Do you have a, a property damage estimate from the summer riots? Uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that you are opposed to riotous behavior, whether it happened okay, well, get, on 16th Street or here. Ma Madam Mayor, could, could, you, could, you, could you answer the question? Do you have an estimate of the property damage during the summer riots? I know that we had one night of um, rioting in the district in do, the do you summer. Know, do you know, how many, do you know how many people were arrested for the summer riots? 
uh, we've had dozens of people arrested over the last year. Okay, so um, pretty impressive denial that anything went wrong in Washington, D.C. under her auspices, even though, again, I know lots of people who are living in Washington, D.C. who are basically bunkered down in their apartment for a week on end while people ran roughshod through the city. Hey, that's one strategy. One strategy is to downplay this. You saw this from Mayor Lori Lightfoot yesterday. She did the same exact thing in Chicago. She said, no, 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 crime is actually down from last year when it was up dramatically. So really well done. The, the other strategy is to deny that Democrats are behind the sort of defund, undercut the police routine in the first place. So this is pushed by Senator Maisie Hirono, legitimately the stupidest member of the United States Senate from Hawaii, suggesting that Democrats don't stand for defunding the police. Oh, interesting, because uh, it seems like um, kind of your vice president was calling to bail out rioters last year. And also, Joe Biden suggested shifting funding away from the cops and towards social workers. And also, there's been an attempt by the Biden DOJ to crack down on police departments across the country. But don't worry, they're not anti-cop. The Democrats do not stand for defunding police. The police have a major role to play, especially community policing and reducing the incidence of violence and crime in our communities. But it is a multifaceted uh, issue and concerns, and that's how we should approach it. It is not all about let's just get tough on uh, crime. It's not about we'll just get tough on crime. So it's not about defunding the police, but also it's not about getting tough on crime. Also, we're not against defunding the police, except for, you know, those of us who are like India Walton, who just won the Buffalo mayoral primary Democrat explaining that um, their plan is to shift money away from the cops and put it toward, quote-unquote, community development. So this is going well. My plan is to put our resources into community, into neighborhoods, and govern in a deeply democratic way that the people who are governed have say over the decision-making process and how resources are deployed in our community. Hmm. So, yeah, they're not against defunding the police, except when they're completely for defunding the police. But here's the good news. They can also blame Republicans for defunding the police. That's literally what Jen Psaki tried to do. She literally, I mean, this is so, the, the gall of this is pretty rich. So you have an entire Democratic Party that has embraced the notion that systemic racism in American policing is what ails the United States in terms of both race relations and crime. And then you have Jen Psaki get up there and say, oh, yeah, and it's Republicans who want to defund the police. Yeah, lady, I mean, my God, not all of us our double-digit IQs here. Part of his announcement is also ensuring there's specific guidance to uh, communities across the country to ensure that they have funding to get more community police around the country, something that was supported by the American Jobs Plan uh, that was was voted into law by Democrats just a couple of months ago. Some might say that the other party was for defunding the police. I'll let others say that, but that's a piece. (laughs) You see how it's cute? Because in the infrastructure package that was $2 trillion, there's like five bucks for the cops, and then they voted against it, so they hate the... (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable, the gaslighting. So remember, this was their agenda, and now they have to run away from their own agenda. Joy Behar did the same thing. She blamed Trump for rising crime. Yes, probably it was the president who was calling for law and order, the same president you were screaming at, screaming at, for suggesting perhaps we might use the Insurrection Act to quell riots in most of America's major cities. The same president you were yelling at for putting federal troops in place, or federal officers, rather, in places like Portland to protect federal property. Probably it was him. Yes, Joy, it wasn't you, it was him. Every president since Clinton inherited a basically a declining pr- crime rate and then continue, it continued to decline until Trump came along because Trump recited over the greatest crime rise in modern American history. The murder rate shot up 26% and mass shootings spiked. Hate crimes spiked more than 20% during his presidency. Now, I don't want to lay the whole thing at his feet, but he did create four years normalizing crime. Four years normalizing crime? What in the actual F? Like, seriously? Okay, but Joe Biden has, has the, the most incredible response to all of this. Again, you can't just say, we need to staff up on the cops, which, which is amazing because remember, Joe Biden's signal accomplishment when he was in Congress was the 1994 crime bill, which was a win. The 1994 crime bill magnified the ability of the police to staff up and led to an unprecedented drop in the violent crime rate in the United States, basically unparalleled in American history from 1994 all the way until about 2014. And now he can't even own that. So now he's got an alternative explanation for why crime rate has been driven up in the United States. Don't worry. It's not the cops being absent. It's not the cops being undercut. It's not the Democrats fomenting riots and looting and justifying it and pretending it's all part of a giant racial reckoning that the United States deserves and ripping on the institutions of the United States. It's not any of that. 
is guns. Of course. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about how comfortable you are at the office. So you go into the office, you're going to sit there all day. You're going to be sitting on an uncomfortable, rickety office chair. It's just not very nice. Okay. Or there is a plausible alternative. You could be sitting on a cloud from heaven. Okay, I'm talking right here about the X chair. X chair has you covered for your office chair needs. The X chair can give you a massage while you're sitting at your desk. It can warm your back on cold mornings. It can cool you off on hot days. It is a magical, mystical machine. The secret is not only their patented dynamic variable lumbar support, which offers unbelievable lumbar support to your lower back. Now they've introduced Elemax featuring cooling, heat, and massage therapy. Imagine regulating your body temperature and getting massage therapy while you're sitting at your desk. The X-Chair LMAX Cooling delivers heat and massage technology directly to your core, helping to increase blood flow, muscle recovery, and energy, all perks that make working from home or the office a joy. LMAX even offers four different massage modes and fast warming heat technology for therapy to your sore back. It's an unbelievable thing. X-Chair prices are going up July 11th for the first time in two years. So right now is the time to beat the price increase. Go to xchairshapiro.com right now. That is the letter X, chair, S-H-A-P-I-R-O.com, or call 1-844-X-CHAIR. To get 100 bucks off your order, X-Chair is a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance in your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. Go to xchairshapiro.com right now. Use code XWheels for free X-Wheel blade casters. xchairshapiro.com. Go check them out right now. Alrighty, we'll get to more on this in just a second. First, Joe Biden hasn't even been president for six months. Already, his agenda is a complete mess. Whether it is Democratic Senator Joe Manchin blocking Biden's beloved supposed voting rights bill or border czar Kamala Harris getting ripped for not visiting the border. She finally is visiting. It just took a few months. It seems that the Biden administration, they're having some trouble. But leftists, meanwhile, are, in fact, succeeding in their cultural takeover. Or maybe they're not. Maybe the cracks are beginning to show. States are fighting it out over CRT and transgender ideology being taught in the classroom. Big Tap flip-flopped on their ban regarding the origins of COVID-19. The U.S. is currently a laughingstock on the international stage with their recent army commercials. Well, we're going to talk about all those things tonight. Join me, Jeremy Boring, Michael Knowles, and Andrew Clavin tonight for another cigar-packed session of Backstage. It streams at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central on dailywire.com and on our YouTube channel, Daily Wire. Don't miss it. Also, in 1948, Clarence Thomas was born into dire poverty in the segregated South. By 1991, he was fighting a contentious confirmation battle that ended in his rise to the Supreme Court. He is currently the most important justice in America. He has been for quite a while. And now, we're told his amazing story in the film Created Equal, Clarence Thomas, in his own words, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching it right now at Daily Wire. Despite the film's popularity, Amazon inexplicably removed it from its streaming service during none other than Black History Month, because it's one thing to have Black History Month center on, like, Michelle Alexander. It is another thing for Black History Month to center on, you know, actually important figures in American history like Clarence Thomas. Lucky for you, the Daily Wire has decided to step in and stream it ourselves. So get your popcorn ready, because you can now stream Created Equal Anytime. It's a super important film. It's really terrific. It's available to Daily Wire members over at dailywire.com. If you're not yet a Daily Wire member, join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe with code justice for 20% off your membership. Get ready for a film unlike any other. Once you're a member, be sure to check out all of our other great content. We've got Candace featuring Candace Owens or our first film run, Hide Fight, or my new series, Debunked, where I debunk leftist myths in 15 minutes or less. You can get all of this and more on demand by going to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Check out with 20% off using code JUSTICE. Don't wait. Start streaming today. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So, Joe Biden has an answer to the crime question as well. So we've had a few answers for Democrats. One is, it's not that bad, right? Really, it's not that bad. I mean, we've got that from Meryl Bowser in Washington, D.C. and Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. It's all in your imagination. All those dead bodies on their streets, ah. You're just imagining that, guys. I mean, that's not real. That's not real. It's all a mirage. Okay, part two of this argument is actually, actually, we never called for defunding the police. That, that again, figment of your imagination. We never were anti-cop. In fact, Jen Psaki goes so far to say it's Republicans who are anti-cop. You know how you know they're anti-cop? You know that they're anti-cop because they, the Republicans are going to defund the police. <laughs> okay, and then you get to part three, and that is it's not a crime problem. It's a gun crime problem. It's about the guns. Now, there's a complicating factor in the it's the guns problem. There are a few. One, the places that are experiencing the highest levels of violence right now are, in fact, major American cities with heavy gun control. Chicago, Washington, D.C., New York, Los Angeles, Seattle. None of these places are exactly red state gun havens. These are not places where there is a gun propped over the mantelpiece in every home next to a buck's head or something. That's not what's going on. 
Okay, number two, the number of guns in circulation in the United States has been going steadily up. Over the course of the last 20 years, the crime rate was going steadily down. And then Democrats took control of these major American cities and decided that they were going to actually reverse all that progress. Remember, New York City was effectively governed by Republicans up until the end of Bloomberg, at least with regard to crime. Same thing in Los Angeles, up through the end of Richard Reardon, and then it started to reverse itself. And same thing in, in some of these other major cities where, while there may have been Democrats governing, these Democrats were at least friends with the cops, right? I mean, they, they were big with the, they, they liked the cops, they had good relationships. With the, no longer, right? The moderate Democratic Party is dead. And so now they have to come up with some sort of alternative explanation for why reality is not complying with their demands that reality change. And there is this odd sort of need among Democrats to completely ignore the realities of life in order to present the ideology that they espouse as being practical. You saw this with Obamacare, that Obamacare kicked into place and suddenly restaurants were like, okay, you know what? It's going to cost us more money because now we have to cover certain things we didn't have to cover before. And so we're going to give you an Obamacare upcharge. And people get angry at restaurants for noting this. How dare these restaurants note this? How dare they? Right? Or you see this minimum wage. Minimum wage rises in a particular city. Restaurants start to go out of business or they raise their prices and they notify their customers. The reason that we're raising our prices is because the state is forcing us to spend more on labor. And Democrats will be like, how dare they let you know this? Remember, there's a big issue in Seattle just a few years ago. Okay, so now it turns out that human behavior does not comply with democratic demands. Crime goes up when you get rid of the incentive for crime to go down. So Joe Biden has to come up with a plausible alternative. His alternative is it's the guns. The guns have just, they've gotten really violent lately. Like before those guns, they were just kind of sitting there as inanimate objects. But lately, for no reason that we can discern, those guns have basically gotten up, started walking around on their own, like the little brooms in The Sorcerer's Apprentice from the original Fantasia. They're just, dum, ba -dum, ba -dum, just going around shooting black people for no reason. And that's, that's the problem, obviously. It's the guns, guys. So the answer to that, therefore, is a gun crackdown on people who illegally own or use guns. Unless their name is Hunter Biden and they're snorting Parmesan cheese and also their girlfriend is taking their gun and throwing it in a dumpster and then you call Secret Service to clean it up. If that's the case, then you just leave it alone. Right? That's, that's not a gun criminal, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is the greatest and smartest person Joe Biden knows. It is all of you. You and your gun ownership. You and your law-abidingness. You, so you it's like white supremacy. You might think that you're not a racist. Secretly, you're a racist because Joe Biden says so. You might think that you're a normal law-abiding gun owner. Secretly, however, the criminal lurks within. And, and it didn't until you bought the gun. Now that you bought the gun, well, I mean, all, all bets are off. Whoa. Okay, so here is Joe Biden slurring his words and saying nonsensical things. As per his usual arrangement, his, his continuous battle with the teleprompter just maintains. Eddie worked as a violence interrupter. Now he runs a program that provides high-risk men with cognitive behavioral, cognitive behavioral therapy to help them react to the impulses by slowing down rather than following through on the violence. It puts them in, he, it puts them in pays jobs to, to change their trajectory. Jim, Jim. The program has reduced, has reduced shootings by 40%. Well, we we'll give them cognitive bacubalite and then a cream of wheat. Lynn's Matlock. Here's the president getting into his actual policy as opposed to just uh, generally slurring his words uh, like a, a patient who needs to be returned forthwith to his, uh, to his hospice room. Here's the president of the United States claiming it is untrue that blue cities have the worst gun crime. The gun lobby wants you to believe that cities that are the toughest gun, had the toughest gun laws still have the highest rates of gun violence, as was pointed out by the group we had today in our roundtable. The, the violence is so they argue, why do you need those gun laws if they don't work in cities that have tough laws? Don't believe it. Here's the truth. Today's conversation with Mayor Scott of Baltimore, for example, echoed what we know to be the case and hear from mayors all across the country. Mayors have the power to help shape and enforce the laws in their cities, but they can't control the laws in neighboring cities and states, even though the gun legally bought there is often ends up in their streets. So I love the logic here. The logic here is, yeah, sure, it's true. We have these gun control laws in our cities and we have the power to control our cities, but we have no power to control our cities at all. None, right? It's all coming from the outside. So presumably, you know, we share this giant border with Mexico, as it turns out, this huge border with Mexico. So let's say that the Biden administration were to crack down on gun dissemination in the United States, and then guns started flowing over that border. Presumably, you can make the same claim. Oh my God, the gun crime in the United States, it's due to, the, to that border. So probably we should invade Mexico. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You tried your gun control policies in Washington, D.C. It failed. Either your mayors have control over the cities or they don't. 
if they don't have control over their cities, I would recommend that you elect a new mayor. Because it turns out that when Republicans govern these cities, suddenly the gun crime goes way down. Weird. Weird how that works. Almost as though policy has something to do with the predictable outcome. But it's all the guns. It's all the guns. And then Joe Biden goes into one of his bizarre reveries. We've already had his bizarre reverie about how you don't need guns because the government could nuke your ass, which is like Joe Biden as slim pickings in Dr. Strangelove. Come on, man. Peter Sellers. I go, it. Also, he has now attempted this line about how you don't need certain types of ammunition because you're not going to shoot a deer with a Kevlar vest. He has tried this line multiple times. It is always stupid because he is correct. Deer do not wear Kevlar vests. Also, when a deer invades my home, I'll worry about shooting a deer. When somebody invades my home seeking to harm me or my family, there's a better shot that the human doing that is wearing a Kevlar vest than a deer. But here is, a, here is the president of the United States, again, being an adult, febrile idiot. There are things we know that work that reduce gun violence and violent crime and things that we don't know about. But things we know about, background checks for purchasing a firearm are important. Ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. No one needs to have a weapon that can fire over 30, 40, 50, even up to 100 rounds. Unless you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests or something. First of all, I love that he prefaces that. I, I do love that he prefaces that with, there are things we know that work against gun violence, like getting rid of quote-unquote assault weapons. That didn't get rid of gun violence, you idiot. You can look at the, at the decline in gun crime across the United States, and it continued after the, the assault weapons ban expired in the early 2000s. There is no evidence that that assault weapons ban had anything to do with the decline in crime. You know what has to do with the decline in crime? This is the most obvious thing in the entire world. What had to do with the decline in crime? More cops, copping, right? That is what, it turns out that police officers, policing things reduces the levels of crime. But again, Democrats cannot admit this because they are ruled by Twitter because it cuts against their ideology. And they are cruising for an absolute electoral bruising. They are cruising for it. And you can see them reversing this stuff in real time. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, when we say something is free, it should mean, you know, free. No strings attached, no hidden costs, no fine print to decipher. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. Pure Talk saves the average family almost $1,000 a year. Plus, with Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk myself for years at this point. They are excellent. They've got great coverage and they don't hate your guts. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch on over. Over the course of the last week, the Democrats have reversed themselves on a bunch of their key issues. So to take one example, the same Democrats who are declaring it is life or death for democracy to not pass their garbage voting rights bill, which is not a voting rights bill. It is a voter fraud bill. It expands the possibility of voter fraud in a wide variety of ways. It, the Democrats were suggesting for years that voter ID was a racist tool of Jim Crow. Now it turns out that Democrats are embracing the, the new Jim Crow. Weird, weird. According to the New York Times, Democrats are reluctantly making voter ID laws a bargaining chip. Congressional Democrats searching for any way forward on legislation to protect voting rights find themselves softening their once firm opposition to a form of restriction on the franchise they had long warned would be exhibit A for voter suppression, voter identification laws, according to the New York Times. In recent years, as the concept of voter ID has become broadly popular, the idea that voters bring some form of ID to the polls has been accepted by Democrats ranging from Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, West Virginia on the center right to Stacey Abrams of Georgia, a hero of the left, Senator Raphael Warnock, Democrat from Georgia, said, as I've always said, a person should have to confirm they are who they are in order to vote. Yeah, no, you, you haven't said that always. But, well, they reversed themselves because they realized it was unpopular. They're kind of stuck on the policing issue because it's so central to their racial equity push to be anti-cop that they have to find some sort of plausible alternative explanation. But they're reversing themselves as fast as possible on as many policies as humanly possible. Like over and over and over again, which is why, of course, they're sending Kamala Harris to the border. It turns out that that is a giant fail 
So they put Kamala Harris in charge of the border. Then she didn't go to the border. And people were like, hey, look, there's a giant crisis at the border. And Kamala Harris is nowhere to be found. Now she's heading to the U.S.-Mexico border this week. Why? She's heading there because Donald Trump said he was going there. All it took was Donald Trump saying that he was going to go visit the border for the White House to be like, well, that seems like bad optics. Why don't we send Kamala Harris there? And she pretends she cares about all of this. My favorite is Jen Psaki's attempted explanation of why Kamala Harris is now going to the border. We understand why she's going now. It's to avoid political harm to the administration. Here's Jen Psaki trying to play it off. Why is the vice president visiting the border this week when earlier this month she dismissed a trip like that, saying it would be a grand gesture? She also said um, in an interview with NBC that she would be open to going to the border if it was an appropriate time. She said that after she said that. So that's important context as well. Important context. I've got the NBC interview right here. Uh, She was talking about how uh, she hasn't been to the border. She hasn't been to Europe either. So does she think that these two things are the same? Uh, And again, uh, Peter, I think she also said in the same interview that she would be open to going to the border at an appropriate time. (laughs) Okay, we all know what's going on. Democrats are in a they are fast reversing their own policy, which is an indication those polls for 2020 for 2022, those polls, they must look just terrible. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out the Michael Knowles show today. He discusses the death, suicide of John McAfee. You can hear more details about that story over on Michael's show. That is available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. President Biden wants to take away your guns. The IRS is being weaponized against Christians and against conservatives. And a WikiLeaks drop shows that then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton had a strong suspicion about bioweapons at the Wuhan Institute of Virology a dozen years ago. So strange that we hadn't heard about that. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Hey, friends. Are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com.